You're listening to Doula's Going Digital, a podcast about taking your important birth work online to reach more people. I'm your host, Nicole Joy, digital doula, mother to three of the most incredible little humans ever, accidental unassisted home birth after cesarean mom, and corporate real estate finance dropout turned birth CEO. I've helped thousands of families learn better, more supportive ways to birth. And I help birth professionals build sustainable businesses, leveraging the beautiful tool that is the internet. Hey friends, before we get into this week's episode, do you get my free shit Tuesday emails? If you don't, you're going to want to be getting these newsletters. So every Tuesday, I send out an email with whatever free shit that I have going on that week. Birth professionals, this is for you. Head to the link in the show notes, enter your name and your email, and you'll start getting my weekly newsletters. I look forward to connecting with you outside of social media because we know how that goes. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back. So I have a little story. This episode is a personal story turned into a business lesson because if you haven't figured me out by now, that's kind of how I roll. I look at everything that happens in my life and take some time to process. And then if there is a lesson to be learned, I share it with you guys. So without further ado, you may have heard me talk a little bit about this on Instagram stories, but IG stories are kind of um, a finicky little B-I-T-C-H because of the algorithm and you just never know and whatever. So we're going to, I'm going to rehash and share it again here on the podcast so that it lives on forever and ever beyond the 24 hours that IG stories gives you, which is kind of annoying. Okay. So last week, as of the time of this recording, last week on Friday, my kids left for school. I get everybody ready. My husband takes them to school in the morning. And I was going to go work out. So I put my clothes on and I go in to start my workout. And there is something. I reached down to grab a weight and I saw something squirm. And I was like, okay, what the hell? Is there like a, a worm in my house? And I don't touch worms. I don't put my fingers on them either. At least... I don't want to. So I had a shoe on and I used my foot and kind of nudged the weight a little bit with my toe to wiggle it. And then I realized that it was not a worm, that it was a friggin' snake. Okay. Two things I don't do. I don't do snakes and I don't do spiders. And this is coming from somebody who lives in Florida, which is land of the friggin' reptiles. I don't even know if we have like alligators everywhere, right? Like we've had an alligator in our lake for 12 years that really didn't bother me that much. I know that sounds strange, but snakes are different. Like you will know if an alligator, here's my logic. You would know if an alligator is nearby or coming near you. They generally don't get in the house, that kind of thing. Snakes are sneaky little mother effers and they get in. And this little guy, I don't know what he was, but he was not a black racer. And so I'm like kind of freaking out. Okay. Snakes and spiders, not my jam. Anything else I can pretty much manage. I don't really know what to do. And my first reaction is, okay, I'm just going to shut the doors and leave the room and wait until my husband gets home. And then I was like, well, that's not really going to be helpful because how am I going to just go on throughout my life, like acting like there's not a snake in my house? 
right? Like I can't just go in the next room and knowing that this thing could, I mean, it's not going to just stay in its spot, right? Like it could squirm out, wiggle out and get away. And I'm like, I can't risk that. You know, I can't risk not knowing where a snake is. That's impossible. And he wasn't big, I should say, but to me, every snake is big. And so he wasn't like lucky for me. He wasn't huge, but he was big enough. And I, I could feel my heart pounding, like, you know, adrenaline was pumping. I was definitely, it was next level. And I could feel my body responding. Like I felt like I was in danger, you know, and I really don't think I was like, logically, I know I wasn't in danger. He was not that big and probably wasn't poisonous. I really don't know, but like, logically I knew that, but my body was reacting as though I was in danger and I could feel it. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out. I need to get rid of the snake, but I don't know what the F to do. And I started to kind of check him out a little bit to see how he felt about the situation. And he was not happy. Like he was a very pissed off snake that did not want to be in the house. I could tell, or just didn't want me messing with him. And I didn't want to, I didn't want him messing with me either. So like neither one of us wanted this situation, but here we are. You came into my house, right? Like I'm not in the yard. I'm not in your home. You're in my home. And here we are. So my son had this toy from when he was like two, he used to be obsessed with, um, Buzz Lightyear and all of the Toy Story toys. So I went and found one of the toys that has survived all of these years is this like this picker upper thing. I don't know what you call it, but it's like, it's only a couple feet long. And mentally I thought I remembered it being bigger. So I was like, let me go get his toy. And I knew it was like really close to where I was at. So I grabbed it really quick. And then I'm like, okay, this is definitely not long enough. It doesn't put enough space between me and the snake. Cause it has like this clamp thing on the end that you like pull a lever with your finger and it picks things up, right? You pick something up off the floor and it would definitely have been able to pick up the snake. It closed like tightly enough, but I was like, no man, like there's not enough space. It's only like two feet and I'm not doing that. So I was like, all right, what now? What do I do? So I went up to um, the laundry room and grabbed the broom really quickly and like, please don't move Mr. Snake. Right. So I grabbed the broom, which gives me, I don't know, four or five feet. So I was like, all right, this is a distance I feel better with, but it doesn't have a clamper. So I have to like sweep him out of the house, which is tricky, you know? And so I opened one the closest door to get to the exterior. I cracked it open and maybe like a foot. And then I go back to where the snake's hiding in the weights. I kicked all the weights out of the way at this point. So now he's like pissed because he's like vulnerable, you know, and I'm going to reach for him with the broom and he's just like lashing and jumping around and flopping around and shit and like opening his mouth to try to bite the biting at the broom, biting at my yoga mat that was near him, just like putting his little mouth on things. And I'm like, shit, like he's really mad. And before I did anything, I told him, you know, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to kill you. I just don't want you in my house. Like you got to chill and just let me get you out of the house. And I've tried this recently with the cook because I'm trying to get better about it, right? Like God's creatures, animals. I really don't want to kill an animal, you know? And I've even said things like that with a dragonfly recently. Like there was a dragonfly situation a couple months ago. And I was like, look, buddy, I'm trying to save your life here. Like he was in a very vulnerable situation. I'm like, please don't go nuts on me because I'm going to freak out if you start busting around in my hand. He didn't understand that. Um, and I was inspired to do that by somebody I know who like holds bees and swims in the ocean and talks to jellyfish and they don't sting her. And I'm like, well, okay, that's interesting. Cause I panic if I have a bee on me, um, or I would panic if I saw a jellyfish, but she seems to like have this relationship with animals. And I'm like, man, maybe I should give it a try, you know, like, what could it hurt? <sighs> it didn't work at least not yet. So 
he's pissed and I have the broom and I'm like trying to sweep him off, off to the side to get him to move, get him to move. But he's not really wanting to move. So I get a couple of really solid swipes in and we got to move him. It's probably about, I don't know, 15 feet to get him to the door. And it's not a straight shot. So I have to like move him forward, maybe 10 feet and then turn another and go another five, 10 feet. I don't even know. I'm not good at that. Like eyeballing feet. I'm, I'm ballparking here. It felt far. And so it was this dance that he and I were going back and forth for probably seven minutes or so where I'm like cussing at him and the door's open, right? This is the part that I forgot to share on IG stories. The door's open. And I'm saying like every cuss word I know, because my kids aren't here. It's just me. So I'm like, all right, let it out, you know? And I'm saying really nasty things to him when I'm trying to fling him out the door. Finally, I get him over to the door, but there's a threshold. So there's this little, you know, ledge that's probably four inches tall to get up over to get out the door. So I can't just sweep him straight out the door because he's running into the ledge into the little threshold. So I'm like, all right, how am I going to get him up over this thing to get him out the door without him like grabbing onto the broom to try to slither his way up to me? You know, he's really pissed at me. And I'm like, he's going to go tell all of his snake friends that there's a snake attacker in this house. They're all going to come after me. This is where my brain is going. So I finally, while I'm saying like, every cuss word you can think of, get out of my house, you ever, ever, just everything, everything. Right. And I finally get him just up over the ledge, not even all the way through this thing to get all the way out the door, but I was just panicking and sweating and my body reacted without me thinking. And I slammed the door shut really hard. And I was like, all right, he's either dead or he made it out before this door slammed him. Either way, I don't even want to know right now. I just needed to calm down because my body was lit up. So I go for a walk and I called my, my snake doula. <laughs> I call her my snake doula now, but she's my niece. So I called her and I was like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what just happened. You're going to believe what I just did. And I tell her this whole story and we talk about how disgusting it is. And I calm myself down. And yeah, I am officially a snake slayer. So I process, give myself an opportunity to decompress a little bit. I will not go in the room where the snake was for at least like a day and a half. I could, I just couldn't because I was panicking and I'm like, what if there's a nest? What if there's other ones? What if there, and all of these awful thoughts. I told my kids about it when I picked them up from school and listen, with three young kids in the car, it is a loud, it's usually a very loud, noisy, intense drive home. They were the quietest they have ever been in the car. They were so intently listening to my story. Of course, I didn't share all the curse words and whatever, but their faces, like they could not believe I was capable of such things. And then I was like, how do you doubt my capability? Like I have pushed two humans out of my vagina that were nine pounders and I didn't tear, by the way. And I had a C-section. How could you doubt me? I, that third one was on the floor, unassisted. My doula came in at the last couple of moments when I was pushing her body out. Like, don't doubt me. And this is superhuman strength that me as a mother that I'm tapping into. And I realized it that day. Like, we have superhuman power as parents when that need to protect our children shows up, right? Like you get to pull up. You've heard stories, I'm sure, of people, of mothers, parents who lifted cars or done other things that are just completely not human, not normal human strength. And that's really what I felt like. Even though it wasn't a huge snake to me, it's a really big deal because I have a 
wicked phobia. Like they make me cry usually when I see them, just seeing them just makes me cry because I'm so scared of them. I don't go that direction in the zoo. I don't do that at the aquarium. I don't touch them at the petting, whatever. I no, no way. It's not my thing. By the way, the part that I forgot to share on stories is that I forgot this whole time that my door was open and I was yelling and screaming and cursing to get out of my house. So later I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if my neighbor heard me <laughs> at like seven 30 in the morning, screaming, get out of my house. And I'm like, hopefully she doesn't think I was speaking to somebody who lives in my house. So I went ahead. I saw her the other day we were, she was out in the, her backyard with her dogs and we were just chatting and I was playing football with my son or attempting to play catch. And I was like, Hey, so um, not sure if you heard the other day, but I just wanted you to know I was yelling at a snake. And she's like, oh no, I didn't hear you. But you know, are you scared of them? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. And she's like, oh, well, next time just text me and I'll come over and get it for you. And this was very interesting to me because I'm like, you're, what do you mean you're just going to get it for me? Like, she's like, I'll just get it out. And I'm like, you mean like with tools and equipment and stuff? Like you have this stuff just in your home? And she's like, no, like I would just pick it up. And this is, I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. But she has committed to something that, first off, it's never going to happen again because I'm unavailable for this. And I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. But the thought that she's got, she would just grab it with her hand and get it out of my house is like, huh? So I guess I live next door to somebody who has even stronger superpowers than I do. But to me, this was an experience that uh, reminded me. It was a good reminder. So then the processing. So as I'm processing, like what just happened, I go to one of my decks that I really like. I have this deck called, um, animal spirits, the wild unknown animal spirit deck and guidebook by Kim Kranz. I really, really like it. I got introduced to it two years ago. I tend to get a lot of animal messengers and most of them are actually pretty cool snakes. No, I don't, I don't do that. So as for what I mentioned a few minutes ago about what I'm available for, I read the description. I'll, I'll read it to you since I have to find it again. Let me flip through while I'm telling you this. So I read, I process, I'm reading this description and I'm like, okay, it's not a terrible message. It's actually pretty incredible, but I don't want to see anymore in real life and no more in my house. If I'm going to continue to get this snake message, if this is a message for me, then I would prefer to just see a picture of them. Okay. So let me read it to you. From the Kim Kranz deck, the snake card is in the earth. I think it's the earth. Um, yeah, it's the earth part of the deck. So the earth animals, and it's called the guardian of unwakened magic and creative potential. And it goes to say, the snake is a symbol of our highest potential. It's said that Shakti, our creative life force, lies dormant at the base of our spine in the form of a coiled snake. Regardless of whether this image rings true for you, it's well worth considering the amount of unawakened or untapped potential within. What would life look like if you woke it up? How can you stir it from slumber? An experienced yoga or meditation teacher can lead the way. Make haste. The snake card appears when there's no more time to waste. So I'm like, whoa. Insert mind blown emoji, right? Like this is next level because it very much feels like this is the journey I've been on, awakening this untapped yeah, untapped potential that's really been lying dormant, that's coming out. And then if you Google, you know, search um, snake symbolism, mostly what you find is that snakes resemble transformation. 
they shed their skin multiple times a year to rebirth and to be transformed. And so I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like this, it's an amazing message, right? And so I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you, guides. Thank you, universe. Thank you to my whole divine team for sending me this message. Even though you scared the living crap out of me. And I like, I wanted to scream and cry about it, but the message is powerful. So then I got a little more clear and I was like, all right, cool. So I'll take the message, but again, not available for living ones and not in the home. If we're going to do this, please pictures only and non-living and not in my house. And let me tell you, like, was it that day or the next day? I think it was that day when I went to pick up my kids from school and I'm in car line. There's two uh, pickups that I have to make, but the second one, there's a really long car line usually. And so there's usually a woman um, who walks the car line with a walkie talkie and she reads the car tag that you have in the front with your last name on it. So she can have the kids lined up in order that the cars come. It's a pretty efficient process. So anyway, I see her all the time. You know, she's pretty friendly. I have never seen her wear this belt buckle. Okay. So she's got a snake belt buckle on. I can't make this shit up. I can't because that's this. There are no coincidences like this. This is not a coincidence. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Of course, of course. So when you hear me say, of course, in social media or wherever, this is what I'm, this is the context. This is the tone. This is the way that I talk about it. Like, of course she had a snake belt buckle on. So I'm like, I hear you universe. I hear you. Sign number three, snake sign number three. Over the weekend, we're having movie night. Usually if we let the kids pick the movies, it's like Rainbow Rangers or Gabby's Dollhouse or things that the girls like or Ada Twist Scientist, which is really, really cute. And it just came out on Netflix. We have the books and I'm, I love it, but I digress. And my son, he'll usually pick Bunked or Hey Jesse, or I don't know, something else, right? Or football. Ethan will watch and rewatch football games. So this weekend I'm like, no, 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 no. Me and dad are picking a movie. It's going to be a family movie and we're all going to enjoy it because we wanted to enjoy the movie too. If we're really kind of tired of all the Gabby style houses. So we pick karate kid, the one with, um, Oh, what's his name? Will Smith's son. It's the new karate kid, not the old one, the one with Jackie Chan and Jaden, Jaden Smith. So my son is like, Oh, I don't want to watch this. It's going to be so boring five minutes in and he's hooked. Right. So we're really enjoying it. I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. I saw bits and pieces. So we're at the part in the movie where Jackie Chan takes Jaden Smith up to the top of this mountain as part of his uh, Kung Fu training. And Jaden sees this person who's training like intensely with a Cobra with a snake. And I'm like, come on, like, here we are. I'm telling you, I cannot make this shit up. So three signs within, it was, I think that was Saturday. So it was within like two days. So message heard loud and clear transformation. And when the snake symbol shows up, there's no time to waste. And really, if you've been hanging with me for any amount of time, you know that that's kind of one of my biggest drivers in terms of how quickly I try to move things out. And I'm somebody recently, well, I should say a few months ago, told me that I was um, a very high performing individual and I take action quickly. And that is definitely how I am. And I think I've always kind of been like that, but it really, really lit up after my brother died because I was like, okay, he was 21 years old. And suddenly it was like, damn, you know, we always know, and we say, and it's, it's kind of cliche, but true that you just never know how much time you have. But after he passed, it was like, 
you really never know. And it, it hits so close to home and it lights this different kind of fire under your ass. That's like, listen, you have a mission. You have things that you're here to do. And there is no time to screw around and waste your time on pointless things. There's important work to be done. There's important work that you're supposed to be doing on this planet. And even though it might not be 100% clear to you, because honestly, to me, it's not always clear what I'm supposed to be doing. I just follow divine guidance and I'm like, okay, here for it. I get snake symbols and I'm like, cool, I'm going to do now. I do it now. Move now. Transformation. Rebirth again and again and again. And you know this story of rebirth, right? Because you're in, you're working with parents and that's very much a part of having children. With each child, I feel like I've been reborn. Taking out my implants, I felt reborn. Dumping all the heat products and stopping fighting and burning my hair for the sake of society's expectations of beauty felt like a little rebirth. Like all of these things have been adding up. And so it's, it's just getting more and more intense and the expansion is getting greater. So I hope that was helpful. And then as a part of that conversation, I want to also share where it showed up in my business this week. So coming into this week, which was just a couple days after the weekend of the whole snake symbol stuff, coming into this week, by the way, I've received messages from people who have been seeing snakes. Somebody that ran over a snake sent me a picture like, it's not just me, okay? This is not just my message. I often find that when I'm getting messages, a lot of my community is feeling similar things. There's power in sharing, right? Because that's how people are, are feeling seen, heard, and they're raising their hands and saying, oh my gosh, me too. So jumping into this week, the kids went back to school on Wednesday. They were off Monday, Tuesday. So they went back Wednesday. I have um, Tuesday, I actually had um, a private coaching session with a group of nine birth professionals. And we're on Zoom for two hours together. And when I tell you that almost every one of them was talking about what they're working on right now, including rebrand. Why is this significant? Because rebrand means they're open to evolving, open to changing, open to transformation. They're not stuck in this space where they feel like they can't change things or they feel like they can't evolve and let their business reflect their new layers of understanding. They're growing because they're doing things. Doesn't mean they were ever doing things wrong. That's a normal part of business. And it struck me because earlier that day, I had just seen somebody that I, not to say that I like, I'm not her client. She's not my coach, but she is a coach and expert in the online business industry that I follow on social media. And she posted something that said, stop rebranding, stop rebranding so often you're confusing people. And I was like, oh, I, I could not disagree more. There is nothing wrong with rebranding or changing directions or pivoting or whatever. And your people, if you're doing it right, if you're letting them get to know you, your people will know if you change colors, oh, it's just Nicole has a new color or whatever it is, right? Like the rebrand is not about, it's not actually just about colors anyway. It's not about changing a logo. It's not about just changing colors. It's, it's about a deeper evolution of your understanding of your mission. And that is a normal part of, in my opinion, what happens when your business grows and expands and no longer fits the brand that you began with, you outgrow it. And I went through a rebrand this last summer, uh, June-ish. And that was very much how it felt to me. It felt like 
I had outgrown. They were, you know, some of the branding that I was, and I've rebranded several times since I started, you know, in 2018 was when I had my first birth business website, 2018. That's only three years ago, three and a half. So in three and a half years, I've had several like minor little rebrands, changes, tweaks here and there, changes to certain things. I've changed my copy, meaning like the words on my website. I can't even count how many times because I have deeper understandings, the words and the way that I understand what I'm here to do and who I'm here to help has evolved. And so I update the words on my website to reflect deeper understandings all the time. My Instagram bio, I have changed it countless times. That's normal. It doesn't mean that your mission has changed. It's just that you understand it differently now. Okay. So that was the business lesson that I have for you is to be open to evolving. We are collectively being called to transform, to evolve, and really to rebirth ourselves in a big way right now. And while I don't understand all of the layers of it, I just know that I'm part of it. And I know I'm going to show up for it. And I have made a promise to my divine support team that I will show up when I'm being led to whatever it is that I need to do. I will do the thing. Even when it scares me, even when it makes me uncomfortable, I'll do it anyway. And that's what I've been doing since right after my brother died, when I realized that I have got to do things differently because I know I'm supposed to be doing something different. I know I'm not supposed to be working for somebody else. And whatever I need to do, just show me and I'll do it. I don't care. The pain of being stuck in this place is too great. I can't be stuck working for someone else. It's burning me inside knowing that there's something else I'm supposed to do. I don't know what it is. So God, angels, universe, guide me, show me the way one step at a time and I'll do it. And I've done scary, scary shit for me. You know, it seems like I'm very confident now. That's because I have worked on it. But in the beginning, every time I picked up this microphone and put my face up to it to speak, I was a nervous wreck. Every time I turned on the video, I was sweating. It was very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable for me. But I would, I have been committed to expansion and to moving my mission forward. And to riding the roller coaster that is being an entrepreneur because it is a roller coaster. So if this speaks to you, you're also being called to expand whatever that looks like. We might not know, we might not see the whole picture yet, but take a step, quiet yourself, quiet your mind, and just listen to feel into what's the next right step for me. Or if there's something that you've been considering doing, just do it. Take the next step toward it, whatever it is, take the next step toward it. And you'll know if it's right for you. A lot of people ask me that, you know, how do I know if this is a good time or how do I know if this thing is right for me? And I never push people to do or buy or whatever. I'm like, and many of you listening can attest to this if you've received this kind of message from me because I say it and I mean it. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. If you're being called to something, do it. Even when it's scary, even when you don't know what's going to happen, even when, when you can't see the whole staircase. Trust yourself and take any step today. All right, that's all I got. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found value in what I'm sharing here. And if you did, can you do me a little favor and go and rate and review this episode? I will share a link in the show notes so that it's really easy to rate and review this podcast. It would mean a lot to me as this is truly a passion project. Have a beautiful day and I will see you next week. 